BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Are you looking for some good, clean positivity? Good, me neither. I'm Maddie Murphy, and I host The Bad Broadcast, a weekly comedy podcast dedicated to talking about everything we love to hate. I searched my whole life to find my passion. Little did I know I had been practicing my true talent every single day, complaining. Join me every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast to answer our weekly questions and for a chance to be featured on the show. See you there. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And today I'm joined by Kate Anthony, who has the critically acclaimed Divorce Survival Guide. I wish I knew you back in the day. And (laughs) I actually love this, that you give courses on should I stay or should I go? And I think that is actually one of the biggest questions I'm ever asked. So welcome, Kate. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. I want to go straight into it because I actually think one of the hardest decisions for any woman, I was thinking when I was reading your bio today, and there's so many things, I mean, you were on Grey's Anatomy and my daughter absolutely is a massive fan, by the way. So she's watched everything she wanted me to tell you, but going offside a bit. But anyway, (laughs) totally fine. (laughs) And there was something about a dirty nappy and and Nixon, but yes, my dad did change my diaper on Nixon's on the desk in the Oval Office. And threw threw my poopy diaper into the garbage can under his desk. <laughs> well, that's a cool claim to fame. I love that. You pooped right? in yeah. the Oval Office. I don't think many people can say that. Um, I don't, that's true, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to the podcast. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think, you know, having got divorced myself, and I think so many women sort of get into this part where I think after children and when we people have been married quite a long time, a lot of people want to maim their husbands after some sort of period of time. So how do you know? And I, I always thought, and I get this asked this so much, that it's really over and that you're just not yeah. having this wobble that everybody really does experience. Cause I know plenty of people that have, you know, gone gone on and had a wobble or maybe even separated for a while and got back. But how do you make yeah. the decision whether it's that or it really is the end? 
Well, I mean, it's really complicated, right? Because you're right. If this is just what marriage is, and this is just sort of the normal, you know, as you say, wobbles that, you know, marriages incur, then how do you know that, you know, you won't just get over it? And I think that so many women in particular, because let's be honest, women are asking this question far more often than men are because marriage really works for men overall. And so, right. I mean, it, the way that it's set up, it's harder for us and it's easier for them. I do feel like men don't really leave. They don't want to leave no matter what they do. They kind of, they like the stability of marriage. Well, and all the things that it provides, right? Because there's a lot of domestic labor that we take care of. There's a lot of the mental load and all the things that they don't even have to think about, but they just magically get done, right? And so then we're exhausted and they're fine. They can't figure out. Out what the problem is. You know, one of the most common responses that a man has when a woman finally says, I do want a divorce, is, you know, if a woman says, This marriage isn't working for me, a man will often say, It's fine. What are you talking about? (laughs) You know, of course it's fine for you, right? So it is difficult to try and figure out is this just marriage? Is this just how it is? Is it me? Is there something on the other side? Like, are we going to be okay just over? whatever hill may or may not be ahead of us. And that was my, that was my thing. It's like, well, is it just one more thing I haven't tried? Is there just right? Like, we'll just get through this. You know, my son is, our son is two. This is hard. Right. And so the most important thing that you can do in this period of time is to educate yourself and to really regain your sense of self right? Because so many women in particular, we lose ourselves in marriage. We lose who we are. And so grounding ourselves back into who we are as a, as a human, as an individual, not only gives us some back some of our personal power, but it also allows us to be better discerning about ourselves and our own experiences. And so first, the first thing is to reconnect with that. The second is to really look at and get educated on the imbalances of marriage. And listen, if you can have a conversation with your partner and say, listen, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling neglected, I'm feeling whatever it is. And if your partner says, oh, oh no, I'm so sorry, I would never want you to feel that way. What can we do to solve this problem? you're probably golden. But that's not the response that most women get. And most women get the response of, A, you know, there's nothing wrong. Or it's just you. You're not happy anyway. You're an unhappy person. You'll never be happy. It's never enough for you. Right? And those are, to me, red flags that this is not a problem that you're going to solve because you don't have a partner who's willing, who's empathic enough to say, or really cares about you enough to say, oh no, let's fix this. Men get quite defensive because, you know, when you say I'm not happy, they feel like it's, you know, their mission is to make you happy or they should be. And therefore they don't want to take responsibility for that. And that's when they push back and say that it's all you and that, you know, that nothing's wrong and that, you know, nothing is enough for you. And that's not true. But I also agree that there is a massive, massive imbalance. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's not really the man's fault because as women, we've been programmed to be wives 
And we've been told right. for so long what a wife should be and how a wife acts. And if you get married in your 20s, yeah. which most of us do, then, you know, it's like an acting job in a way. You just simply right. come out of school, you meet the guy, turn yourself into who you think you should be, and then read a manual on how to be a wife. And then throw in a business to top it off. Now you're doing his job, the housework, the this, and you're, a, you know, a 24-7 slave. Right. And it is, it is our currency, right? When we date, we go into nurturing, caretaking, housekeeping mode. We go into their house and we're like, well, this is a mess. I can clean this up, right? And we, it is our, our relationship currency. And then we get into the marriage and that currency no longer serves us. Like it, it worked to like get us the man in some ways, but then we get tired of it. And so we have to be responsible for the bait and switch, right? That like, mm, maybe, maybe we need to not have that be the currency. And maybe we need to have ourselves, you know, just look at that for ourselves that going into a relationship with what we want it to look like long term, and in, when we're in our twenties, we don't know that, right? We have no idea what that. I was means about to or say. I mean, like. how the hell do you know what you want it to look like? You're just so grateful yeah. in your twenties to be off the shelf, as we were told. You know that. Oh right. my God! Yeah. If you're not going to be married, if you're not married soon, no one's going to want you. And then you look at this one girlfriend that never got married, and you're like, "That's going to be me." So you know, you're such a rush that you don't think of like you know, do you have the same background? Do you want the same things? Who yeah. am I? What, right. what do I want my ideal life to look like? And actually, even if you put it back into my head back then, it wouldn't be what I want now. Right. You make a very important point. And this is one of the things that we do in the very first part of my program is that we get in touch with all of that. What are our, what are my values right now? My values at 20, my values are really about who I am and what I believe in. And they haven't necessarily changed. I just didn't know, <laughs> right? I wasn't mature enough to be able to identify those things about myself in my 20s. No, I feel like your values are whatever your friends are at the time. Right, right, you know, right, right. your right, parents exactly, are. Exactly. Those are my values. I'll, I'll, I'll follow everybody else. Whatever they, right, exactly, exactly, right, totally. And so now we get to go, okay, so what are my values? And I, what I notice with my clients in particular is that when you drill down into values, it becomes very clear that this is not somebody that is aligned with me, like on a really core level, right? For example, I had a client once who obviously had a very strong value around personal development. She was working with me. She was working with a therapist. She read all the books. She listened to all the podcasts, right? Personal development and growth and introspection was a huge part of who she was. And she was married to a guy who didn't believe in therapy, said, listen, you know you know exactly who I was. You, I'm the same guy you married 20 years ago. I'm not interested in all this hooey. And I said, you know, take all the judgment out of like who doesn't want to grow, but this is not an alignment, right? You want a partner who wants to go on that journey with you, right? And so that becomes a kind of a clear split. Now, does that mean she has to leave him? Not necessarily, but it certainly is something she has to look at. Can I accept him exactly as he is? Can I accept him? as he was 20 years ago. And that's who he's committed to continuing to be. And does that work for me? 
And so often I think it's so hard for women to look at themselves and go, does that work for me? Because we're not conditioned to be asking those questions. No. And I, I find that actually, if I look at, you know, my situation now, I have, I always say it's really bizarre. I've gone back and done a whole do over. It's like, I think because <laughs> my husband's so much younger than me, it's like yeah. being able to start again fresh, I, I, yeah. you know, and do it all again. I'm experiencing mm -hmm. maybe the things in your twenties when I was starting a huge business and I had so much responsibility, oddly, you know, and thirties, I had what, nearly 80, 70 plus employees, you know, that, and three kids. And I was just on this whirl of this sort of, yeah, it was so overwhelmed yeah. that I don't sure. know. I didn't know if I was coming or going. And so now mm -hmm. it's like, I've got a husband that, you know, I've got no baggage with because, you know, my baggage is with my ex-husband and that right, we can right. just pick up and travel the world and backpack. And I climb the Himalayas, it, ridiculous stuff for a woman my age, you know, and we have, no, well, it great. is, but it's, it's, it's really <laughs> fun. And that's my, I'm like, oh my God, I'm literally living the dream of what I should have done then without all this, you know, I was on such a hamster wheel of wanting to have a big company and be the perfect wife and just stay home. And I didn't care about holidays or travel and seeing the world because I just, you know, loved my four walls and wanted to host, you know, business dinners and ridiculous stuff that just doesn't mean anything. And so I kind of feel like I'm on this, this journey of, of re self discovery of what I should have discovered back then. Yeah. But what a great opportunity that, that you have the opportunity to do that now, right? And I would argue that everything that you did back then has afforded you the opportunity, the you know emotional opportunity, the financial opportunity, whatever the opportunities are, that it afforded you the opportunity to be able to do this now. You know, the life that you're living now probably wouldn't be possible without the life that you lived in your 20s and 30s. And what a what a beautiful gift yes. that you were able to give to yourself, right? Yes. That's why when I yeah. do this podcast, I get very confused because I don't want people to think that I'm sitting here going, look, ladies, you know, get divorced. It's the, it's the right way just because, you know, it's the best, <laughs> it's the best everyone, you know, leave your husbands. All my friends, the husbands all say that they always have a panic attack when the wives put, put my podcast on in the car. They're like, well, you want a divorce? And I'm yeah. not preaching that, but what I want to preach to people somehow without saying you need to like, you know, dump your family is just to live your truth somehow. And I'm not sure mm -hmm. how you do that within a marriage because I wasn't able to, but I That's know right. people that do. And I, th I think it does stem from, and if I've learned anything, cause it's, you know, although I got very excited about this, the hot sex with my young, gorgeous husband, obviously, eventually that becomes, you know, normal, more normal than, sure. you know, before it's, but the, what yeah. is different is my friendship with him. He's my best friend and we laugh and laugh and laugh. So I would like to say that it's, that is the most important thing. I think that I didn't right. have maybe, or I probably did with my ex-husband at the beginning, but then I think, you know, just life takes over. And then I That's lost right. it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I was like this, that we had these talks and these chats and, you know, the stuff that we did then because he was mu he's much more formal than, um, you know, my current husband, who's just very chilled, like very chilled. Mm -hmm. And I think because I was brought up formally, somehow I've manifested this really sort of 
laid back, cool vibe life now where no one tells anyone, you know, in a way what to do. Yeah, whatever you want to do, go for right. it. Right. Well, and also I think that you probably chose your first husband because that is how you were conditioned, right? Yeah. And you were told that that's the kind of person you were supposed to marry and that that was the life you were supposed to choose, right? And then as we grow, we realize, oh, actually, that's not the life that I wanted. And maybe that's actually, I get to say, and I get to say something different. And what I really want is this other thing. Right. And that's and that's part of growing up. Right. <laughs> but, you know, to your point, people always say like, oh, you're so pro-divorce. And I'm like, I am I am literally not pro-divorce. What I am is pro-healthy, happy relationships. <clears throat> and if you're not in a healthy, happy relationship, I want you out. And by the way, that doesn't even necessarily mean that you're going to find. I mean, hopefully we all will. Right. But, you know, I'm 52. I'm still single and I haven't dated in like, I don't know, at this point, I can't even, I can't even count maybe like over five years. And that was part, partly choice, partly like I was, well, first of all, there was that, there was that pandemic (laughs) that really screwed everything up and I had a bunch of health issues. And so like, you know, just stuff like menopause and, you know, COVID and I had mold poisoning, just like all sorts of horrible things. And then, you know, the pandemic, which shut everything down. And really, I was focusing on myself, my business. And I have a teenager who was going through a really, really hard time during the pandemic. He, you know, started high school in 2020. It was awful. And, you know, I was just kind of doing my thing, right? And to me, at this point in my life, I am not willing to bring someone into my life who doesn't completely benefit my life. And, you know, I haven't really found that yet. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty discerning and, and I haven't, I haven't really been actively looking either. So, but my point is that I'm actually quite happy and satisfied. I love my life. And so if I meet someone who wants to come into it and join forces with me and, and, and be a benefit to it, absolutely fabulous. Right. I'm not shut down to the idea in any way, shape or form, but I'm also not willing to settle. I'm not, willing to just be with someone for the sake of being with someone. And so, you know, I think a lot of people when they get divorced, their first thought is especially women, but what if I'm alone forever? What am I going to do? If you don't want to be alone forever, I don't think you will be. But also I have to say to them like, what's the worst that could happen? Like if you Nothing. were if you were not You've got great to find girlfriends. Someone, You've got go- great right? girlfriends. Like, You've got friends. You, You've got like, like why for a woman is that the worst thing you can possibly imagine? No, I mean, there's also casual sex. You don't have to get married. You can use a guy. You can have fun. I have loads of girlfriends who have like a rota of like guys Absolutely. that they just use yeah. until they find the right guy and they're happy like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, who am I to judge? I have no idea how it works. But what I do know is that the gone are the days of slut shaming and all of this is all out the window now. So, you know, women are allowed to enjoy relationships with men that they don't see as a part, you know, a long-term partner or, you know, just want to have casual dates and then go home and, you know, focus on their lives. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's sort of the way I'm living my life. And by, and like, I'm really happy with it. Every once in a while, I'm like, well, it would be really nice if there was someone next to me on the couch watching whatever we're watching, (laughs) you know, watching my dateline. And, but you know, at the end of the day, when I get into my bed by myself with my dog and my cat, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty happy. I have friends as well. I mean, like, as I said, anything goes today. 
I have friends that have been long-term relationships and they're, they've got open, open marriages now. So, you know, I think sure. we're living in such an exciting world where you really can dictate and make up your own relationship and what that looks like. Yeah. If it's consensual, right? If both yes. parties agree, really anything goes, right? Anything yeah. goes. And I think that Mm-hmm. That needs to be taught more than anything that, you know, you don't have to stay in an unha- unhappy relationship and it doesn't mean necessarily divorce. You can renegotiate the terms of your marriage. If you're good enough friends or you're good enough partners, then you can look at different ways to make this work. Be it And, and, and by the way, there are people who get divorced and end up being way better friends and way happier with their new partners and then become great friends. And I think, yes, I read in your bio that that's you, you're best friends with your now ex, right? When you take out the relationship with the kids and, you know, and the sex part in a way, and you've just become co-parents, it's an easier relationship to define. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's the way it is with, I mean, I wouldn't say my relationship with my ex is easy to define, <laughs> but we definitely have a close friendship. We co-parent well together. We have our ups and downs. We have our times of like knockdown, drag out. We've gone through a lot. You know, it's been 25 years that we've known each other and that we've been in each other's orbits. And so, well, I think that's a very, very important point to people yeah. out there. It's been 25 years and you've probably got another 25. So, you know, right. or more. That I think people forget that when you have children, there is no divorce. You are together forever. And I think that needs to be told to yourself a lot because I, you know, lawyering up all of these things, what does it actually achieve? Nothing. Because at the end of the day, the aim of the game is to stay in for your children. And to actually, I, you know, be it graduations, be it birthdays and God forbid anything happens to one of us, you know, you've got each other's back for the rest of your lives. You may not, as you said, like each other very much at some points. And there's, you know, I've definitely had my fair share of hate, love, you know, making up, whatever. But, you know, ultimately every time we get to this point, point where we're like, that's it. I hate you. And I'm never going to see you again. One of us goes, what are we doing? You know, we've got the kids right. dinner tonight and we're all going. That's right. And you know, you know, that's right. one of us is like, well, of course you're coming. And then that's what we do. And then it's all fine again. Mm-hmm. That's exactly, you know, I had that last, last week with my ex-husband where I was in therapy and I was like, I'm never speaking to him again. How dare he treat me like this? There's literally no cause for this. He is, you know, whatever he did that was so upsetting. And then I told him that what he did was unacceptable and he took full responsibility. And then, you know, two days later, our son was graduating from high school and we had to do graduation together and we threw a party together and everything was fine and it was kumbaya and everything's fine. (laughs) Right? Like, because, and, you know, and that's the thing is that when you have children, I think you have a choice, right? You have a choice to work through really hard stuff that in any other relationship in your life or any other time in your life, you would never have to stretch yourself to work through. But 
in this relationship, it's the most unique relationship I think that anyone could ever have, right, with your ex-spouse and your co-parent, that you have an opportunity to continue to have a relationship with somebody that last week you absolutely hated (laughs) and you have to actually keep going. And you don't have to, but the alternative is that you're putting your kids in the middle of something really awkward and terrible. And so most parents are willing to put their kids before all of that and work through some really difficult stuff. You have to. I do feel you have to. I I feel like it's the ultimate. You kind of get what you want in the end, i.e., you know, I'm in a new relationship. I'm blissfully happy. So even if he does his worst, which isn't, you know, I I go home and I'm still happy and I have to remind myself Mm -hmm. of that and I'm still better off. So it's like, you know, it's a minute. And then, you know, I look at my gorgeous children and without him, I wouldn't have had those. And that's that's a fact. And so I'm always going to be grateful to him. And at the end of the day, no matter what, we can have an all out brawl, but no one will ever speak badly except me about my ex-husband in front of my face. (laughs) And, you know, and that's my right. No one else's. He's still the father of my kids. And, you know, I will be there till the end. And as well, he it's like having a it's a family member. You don't love your family all the time. You know, you didn't choose them. It, it is what it is. And, you know, it is a very unique, weird relationship. But like, he'll still call me if there's some a problem with the house or something, you know, because you no know, one else is going to understand that. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm, I still pick mm-hmm. up those calls and say, can I help? Or because we're so used to running things as a business. But then, you know, I have this amazing relationship with my husband where we don't have to deal with all that stuff, which makes our relationship so sort of like fantasy world in a way. And you also have somebody, and I think this is a really important piece to the new relationship, somebody who understands and respects the relationship and is not threatened by the relationship that you have with your ex-husband, right? And I'm sure that was a process and a journey. That is an important process. And it wasn't easy for my, you know, husband now, Sergio, to, to, to deal with that. Obviously, when the phone goes and you see your ex calling, it's not like I'm lying in bed with him and his ex is calling him the whole time. I'd be furious because he doesn't have that. So right. for him, and also he's so much younger. So for him to actually have the patience and the empathy or whatever you call it, the word is to acknowledge that it's okay for my ex-husband to call me whenever he wants and to not yeah. get upset because it's different is is amazing. He has understood that, you know, that if I need to speak yeah. to my ex-husband, I need to speak to my ex-husband. Yeah. And that speaks to his emotional intelligence and his maturity and his right, because, you know, presumably you wouldn't have chosen someone who wasn't emotionally intelligent and all of that. But it is a really big, it's a really big piece of it. You know, when my ex-husband got remarried, for a while, his wife was not okay with me at all. And it was a really big problem until I finally said, like, look, this is impacting our son. You have to handle this. This is not my, this is not mine to handle. This is yours that you have to figure out because it's impacting our son because she would just open the door and let him out and then close the door like he was the dog, like, and not even say anything to me. And he was asking questions, right? And then he handled it. And then we were fine. And then we were all a, you know, big, crazy, wacky family until they got divorced. And then that's a whole other story. But, you know, it's, it takes something. It takes something. 
Yeah, I think I think when one of you is remarried and the other isn't, it's harder for that person, right? I think that it would probably feel more relaxed when there was one solid girlfriend by his side. But you know, I think I think I've never. I mean, me personally, I've never been someone to go backwards in relationships. I believe in going forwards. You know, I didn't leave my ex husband for my current husband, so you know that wasn't the problem. So for me, there's right. It was never a thing to go back. And actually, if Sergio really understood how fast I not switched, but was able to move on, then I think you can see by then I was over it. Because when women do move on or have do get divorced, normally they've they've been grieving quite a long time. They didn't wake That's up right. that day. Usually, yeah. Yes. Yeah. When we're done, we are done. They're done, done. And we're like, and that's what done, they done. don't understand. Done, done, done. Because I think, you know, when, when, uh, you know, they may have met us at the tail end of it, where they think mm-hmm. it's just been a few months or a few weeks, but actually no woman walks out the door and makes a leap like I did, unless you're pretty bloody sure. That's right. It takes a lot for us to get to the place where we've decided, okay, I'm done. And like, believe me to the new person, like, believe me, he's not a threat. <laughs> right? Like, you don't go through a divorce and then sort of question whether this is something that, you know, like, no, believe me, we're done. We're, we're done. This is not a threat. No, right? I mean, you know, you should be more threatened about who's around the corner, not who's back there. But, you know, again, I think that also is about the person you are, right? And how you sort of convey everything. I mean, I actually made sure that, you know, I got married. I did all the steps to make him also feel more settled in his relationship. But again, that's more to do with an age gap. And, you know, that was also that sort of complicates things anyway with how people, you know, see your relationship because everyone just automatically thinks we're in the middle of a midlife crisis and that this is just Uh, some sort of rebound. You know, I think that women out there, as I said, it's not to follow my lead. It's just to follow. If you're having these thoughts of inner thoughts that are sort of like, I don't belong here. This isn't who I am. And that's, those are the thoughts I had, you know, this isn't my life. I didn't feel like I was in the right place. I wasn't settled. Yeah. And that's, and that's the inner, like, that's your intuition that women, I think, and, and society, and there's just so much that, that blocks us from that, right. That makes us feel that's not a safe voice to listen to. And so coming back to a place where we're actually listening to that voice and hearing that call from inside that says, this is not my life. This is not who I am. Like what is happening? Listening to that, hearing that is one of the most important things we can do. And I think that that's, you know, that's also growth, right? Understanding to listen to the inner voice. You know, a lot of people don't, don't let it in. Yeah. And I have learned to trust that voice. It really is an age thing. It really is because there's something so amazing that happens to women that it, it's like I woke up, as I said, I was in a very normal, very lovely life. And by any standards, if you wrote down and told people what I was about to do, they would have gone, absolutely don't. You know, I lost my business. Mm. I gave up my house. Mm. I left my husband, you know, and all of it brought me here. 
I'm now living in Dubai. Right. I'm on Housewives of Dubai with a you know 28 year old husband. I mean, it, it's bizarre. You couldn't write this. And if I had read it, I would have gone, this can't be my life. It's so great. I mean, and you know, and my life totally different, right? I'm, you know, living in Los Angeles. I'm still single. I, my son lives with me full time. I run a, you know, a successful business, like all sorts of stuff, right? Also would never have uh, imagined this phase of my life, but I also knew that I could not continue in the relationship that I was in. I was, I was absolutely drowning and dying inside. My marriage was so volatile and in many ways abusive. And so it really, we did not have the outside where people were going, why would you leave this? We had the outside. Everyone was like, get out, get out, get out. And it took me years to be able to reconnect because I think that's what that kind of marriage does. It really disconnects you from yourself, right? In order to maintain the power and control. And I, it took so much for me to, to claw my way into myself, to be able to sort of, you know, unclog the pipes, to be able to hear who I was and what I needed and how desperate, how desperate I had become. But once I heard it, I couldn't unhear it, right? Once you hear that inner voice, you can't unhear it. Because I'm not even the person that I thought I was going to be. Like, it's not how I pictured yeah. myself at all. But it's so free that I can just, and I think that's so exciting too, because in today's world, you can be anything or anyone you want to be. Because mm -hmm. I came from a very strict background and a very sort of conservative place. And I've made myself this sort of ridiculously unconservative, different kind of, you know, Barbie bubblegum pink, God knows what world that's just kind of ridiculous, but so much fun to live in. And, you know, that obviously that's not for everybody, but the point is you can create your own reality today, which maybe you yeah. couldn't back then because you had so many parameters, but, you know, I'm guessing we're around the same age. You know, we live in completely different worlds because they yeah. suit who we are. It's not about men anymore either. For me, you know, no. Sergio and I get to the end, that would be wonderful. If we don't, I wish him well too, and we'll be okay. Um, he's shaking his head. He hates this conversation. But my point <laughs> is like... the man is the cherry, not the cake. He, he makes my world better until they don't. And it, that's all right. And I think you have to give yourself permission. Him permission, you permission. And by the way, the more we say that like this, well, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, Sergio and I will probably be together until, you know, hopefully death do us part. But I think that's because we speak so openly that it's okay if it's not too. That's right, right? You give yourself the freedom to continue to choose, right? You, you still get to choose. And, you know, when the, the freedom to choose is the fact that women get to choose is a radical concept, right? Because we wait for them to ask us on dates. We wait for them to ask us to marry them. We wait for them to, like, they're making all the choices. And so the idea that we actually get to make a choice is a completely radical notion for women. And, and it's so empowering, right? But that's the, the design of it is that we don't feel like we can, right? There's something really subversive about us making the choice for ourselves and our relationships. 
Well, I think I chose so many things. I've chosen this little bubble to live in and I've chosen a much younger man, which by all means, weirdly, he's the most mature relationship I've ever had because Mm -hmm. of his way of thinking, which is that, you know, I do get to choose and I do get to be me. You know, of course he, you know, we can argue about things like as in he would have me just to himself if he could, but you know, genuinely I have the freedom to be exactly who I am with him, which I didn't with maybe someone from my generation who has so many Mm. preconceived ideas of what a wife and a family life should look like. Yeah. And I have an amazing family life in my little bubble that I've, you know, created. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because I have a lot of people who say to me, like, you just have to date younger men. You just have to date because men of 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 my generation, of our generation, are they are, they do have such sort of outdated ideas that women, I think, of our age, my age, have actually kind of grown beyond, but they're kind of stuck in. And we don't really want to participate in that anymore because <laughs> it doesn't serve us. And I do think that younger men just have a much more modern, open, you know, less close-minded view of what relationships can be. They actually really, you see, I think men our generation genuinely see us as getting old and younger men see us as something to look up to. And I've mm-hmm. realized that they actually worship us in a much more yeah, different way. And my husband, and I can say this out loud, genuinely worships the ground I walk on. He's standing no. here filming me as I speak and he worships me, <laughs> but in the best way, like he really does not in a weird way, you know, but I never thought because I think w- older women have been conditioned that younger men just want them for sex or just right. to say that they mm-hmm. screwed an, a young, an older woman right. and to go back and tell their mates. And that's just not so anymore. You know, there are so many women now choosing younger men and I totally get why. You know, they're fun. They're, you know, exciting. They are, the world hasn't beaten them. The world hasn't right. sort of drained them yeah. yet. Right. You know, and we might be getting drained. So there's only room for one drained person in a relationship as yeah. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I need someone to wake up and go, you go, it's a shit day. And they go, no, it's not. Look at the tiny ounce yeah, of sunshine out there. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Someone to be like, it's okay, honey. Everything is, you know, rosy and like, you're gorgeous and I love you. Right? Yes. Like, oh, wow. It's funny. Even that if you can't great. pay a bill, there's something about a man going, honey, you're gorgeous and I love you. You're like, oh, well, bang goes my, you know, right. the, the, my fears are gone. And it, but it is that simple. It weirdly is. I really can't stress that enough. So I think, I think that's my sort of point to all this is that, you know, you need to have the frivolity. You need life is too serious. If you read the newspapers, it's exhausting before you've even got out of bed. And somehow your relationship should lighten the load, not be the load. Mm, yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's absolutely true. If your relationship is the load, that's that's a huge red flag for you. And it and it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with the person, right? But the relationship isn't working for you. No, 100%. Well, thank you, Katie. This has been amazing. I could talk to you all night. I mean, tell everyone how they can find you and what they do because, you know, maybe they would like want to come on one of your courses because these are things I think, you know, 
that are just so important for women to hear and to to come from someone with such experience. And I love that you've managed to turn your divorce, you know, from a negative into a positive, really. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Everyone can find me at my my website is kateanthony.com. I my podcast is the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. And my Instagram, everything is at the Divorce Survival Guide. And all my programs are on my website. I have a page that says in the on my website that says start here. Go there and all of my programs are right there. So you can check them out. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Thank you. It was great. Thank you for listening to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 